minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Ja, ja. Lass mich nehmen singen. Wann ich öfter boch, öfter boch, öfter boch. Wann ich öfter boch, öfter boch. Wann ich öfter boch, öfter boch, öfter boch. Wann ich öfter boch, öfter boch. Oh, wie die doch, die bist in der Tatte doch. Oh, wie die doch, 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 doch. Oh, wie die doch, die bist in der Tatte doch. Oh, jo, jo, oh, jo, jo, die doch, doch, doch. Wann ich öfter boch, Anni, Anni, öfter boch. Wann ich öfter boch, Tatte mir verlassen soll.
Ashkifa, be 
J.M. and the A.M. Words from this week's Parsha. Kolachai with Hashkifa. Boy, how long ago did that come out? 
just trying to think. That's uh, is it exactly thirty years? Probably thirty plus a couple of years, right? In that area, anyway. Kolachai Hashkifa. Uh, Yassi is done by the early Shabbos band that just came out like a few weeks ago. <laughs> he got, you got the entire range here at JM in the AM. Material that came out last week, material that came out last decade, material that came out last millennium. Um, early Shabbos band with Yassis, the Chevron March, Ellie Hertzlick, that's brand new, Avram Willigan Company, Mim Como, that's brand new, Yoni Eliav just came out yesterday with Funk Medley 2023, Cold OD just came out in the last 48 hours from Eitan Katz, that's a live version, Yishtabach from Itzik Orlev also came out this week, and from Regesh, Modani opening things up, and we say good morning, welcome to a Friday on this very first day of September 2023. Wow. September 2023. Day number 15 in the month of Elul. The year is 5783. Tuf Pei Gimel, soon to be Tuf Pei Dalad. We're two weeks away from Erev Rosh Hashanah. We're two weeks away from celebrating the 40th anniversary of JM in the AM, which started on Erev Rosh Hashanah back in 1983. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Kisavo. With candle lighting time in New York, 7.08, 7.08. Make sure you know when things start where you are. And this is Labor Day weekend in the United States, so it's a bit slower. Some time off for a lot of people. If you have trouble reaching someone this weekend, give it till Tuesday morning. <laughs> uh, here in the U.S., it's Labor Day weekend. Monday, officially Labor Day. I think on Labor Day, I think Avrami's actually going to start JM and the AM Live at 6 a.m., and I'll join in and uh, take over at some time in the uh, 7 o'clock hour. I think that's the plan for this coming Monday. Give myself a little bit of a, a respite. Uh, but I hope to join everybody in the second half of the show. And I thank Avrami in advance for that. I also thank Mark Zamek, who's hosting the Arab Shabbos show. That comes up at 10 a.m. Eastern time today. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Uh, thank you to Mark. He's hosting it. Um... Saturday Night Seagull, 9 p.m. in its regular slot again at 9 p.m. with uh, Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. That's tomorrow night uh, here on NSN. Um, coming up on Sunday, it's Matis with JM Sunday. That'll be Sunday at 7 a.m. Eastern time. And as I said, Monday, Labor Day, uh, Avrami and I will take care of JM in the a.m., and I guess the school year, which already has begun in Israel, I see they started today, September 1st. Funny that they would start on a, uh, they would start on a, um, on a Friday. Uh, but the first day of school is coming up here. Those who aren't in school yet, because as we've been saying, there are a lot of people who are already in school pre-Labor Day. But those who aren't yet, this Tuesday, this Wednesday, this coming Thursday, be a lot of first days of school coming up. Mazel tov to Tikva and Ilan Adler. Petach Tikva Israel, their 19th wedding anniversary. That means what, 2002? I remember that wedding, 2000. Oh, no, 19th is 2004. Yeah. 2004, I believe it was the same week as the Republican National Convention, if I'm not mistaken. Um... And it was amazing being at that wedding. Mazalto from all of us here at JM in the AM. Oh, our friends at um, at shopeichlers.com. This is, a, this is important to know for over the weekend because a lot of people like doing their 
Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot shopping over Labor Day weekend. They have some time to spend on the computer, etc., etc. So our friends at ShopEichlers.com have uh, extended their big 10% off everything sale. It's going until Sunday. So originally it was supposed to go till the end of August. Now it's going until the 3rd of September. Check off large chunks of your shopping list in a couple of clicks. <laughs> ShopEichlers.com. Use promo code RADIO for 10% off of everything site-wide. ShopEichlers.com through Sunday. 10% off everything site-wide. Again, use promo code RADIO. Go to shopicloos.com and take care of all that yunt of shopping. And uh, save, 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 as we like to say. Um, yeah. Malcolm Homeline coming up in hour number two. Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents. Harry Rothenberg in hour number two. Rabbi Yudin in hour number three. As we uh, take you through a Friday broadcast with a lot to talk about and plenty to discuss. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. And uh, what else did I want to mention? Oh, our friends at the Bialystoker Shul have announced that Cantor Joel Kaplan is going to be um, leading services at the synagogue, at the Bialystoker Shul in the Lower East Side. If you know of anybody in Lower Manhattan who needs a shul, who wants to um, participate in a beautiful davening, in a beautiful sanctuary, recommend to them to check out the Bialystoker Synagogue. Cantor Joel Kaplan, one of our dear friends, is going to be presiding over the services. And uh, you have an opportunity to um, be in touch with him. Or not with him, but with the Bialystoker Shul, and to a reserve a seat for the high holidays. All righty. JM in the AM. Plenty more coming up on a Friday morning era of Shabbos. Again, candle lighting 708 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Arab of Shabbos, Parshas Kisavo, Labor Day weekend here in the U.S. We'll do our weekly update coming up. That'll happen in the um, second hour this morning. Eitan and Avshalom Katz, son and father, together with this one at JM in the AM. Ina 
JM in the AM with Sandy Shmueli wrapping up hour number one. Atatabikarov, as he says. Lachadadi, brand new from Naftali Kempa. You heard Ari Hill and OU Shalayim. Dakar Shel Mitzvah. Dakar Shel Matzav Ruach with Yoeli Dikman. And Eitan Katz and Shalom Katz together with Kishoshana. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSegal.com. On the NachumSegal Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. it's on the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up, and then plenty more, of course, on this Friday morning broadcast. Candlelighting in New York, 708. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Erev Shabbos Show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Starts at 10 a.m. Eastern Time here on NSN. Saturday Night Seagull tomorrow night with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer's Wickler begins at 9 p.m. tomorrow night. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next to JMN. תאונה קטלנית בכביש 4311 סמוך לפלמחים. הרוג ושלושה פצועים בהם גבר במצב בינוני. צוותי מגן דוד אדום שהגיעו למקום נאלצו לקבוע את מותו של ההרוג בשנות ה-80 לחייו. הפצוע בינוני ושני פצועים נוספים פונו במצב קל לבתי החולים שיבתל השומר ושמיר אסף הרופא. בתאונה אחרת שהראה מוקדם יותר הבוקר בכביש 444 רוכב אופנוע נפצע באורח בינוני. צוות מד"א פינה את הפצוע בשנות ה-50 לחייו לבית החולים בלינסון סובל מחבלה רב-מערכתית. התפתחות בחקירת רצח טליה חטיב שנורתה אמש למוות בחשד לחילול כבוד המשפחה, מדווח כתבנו בחיפה קובי מנדל. פחות מיממה מאז הרצח של טליה חטיב בת 41 בדירתה בחיפה, המשטרה עצרה ארבעה חשודים, בהם שניים מילדיה בני 18 ו-20, בעת שהיו בדרכם להימלט לתחומי הרשות הפלסטינית. חוקרי היחידה ללוחמה בפשיעה במרחב כרמל חוקרים מספר כיווני חקירה, העיקרי שבהם הוא רצח על רקע חילול כבוד המשפחה. מבדיקת עברה של המנוחה עולה כי נפלה קורבן כבר בעבר לאירועי אלימות. בתוך כך מוקדם יותר היום באירוע אלימות בג'דיידה מאקר, תושב העיר בשנות ה-40 לחייו נורא, מצבו מוגדר בינוני עד קשה. הוא פונה לבית החולים לגליל בנהריה להמשך טיפול רפואי, נסיבות האירוע נחקרות. פועל נפצע באורח בינוני עד קשה באתר בנייה בירושלים. חופשיים ופרמדיקים של מגן דוד אדום העניקו לו טיפול רפואי ופינו אותו לבית החולים הדסה עין כרם כשהוא סובל מפציעות בגפיים התחתונות. עשרות אלפי משרתי מילואים פעילים קיבלו הבוקר מענק כלכלת בית בגובה 1,250 שקלים. המענק באישור שר הביטחון ובשיתוף הרמטכ"ל ומשרד הביטחון ואגף כוח האדם בצה"ל הינו השלב המשמעותי הראשון בסדרת הטבות בשווי של כ-200 מיליון שקלים להוקרת מילואימניקים. תחת הכותרת, מי שנותן יותר, מקבל יותר. התחזית תחול ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות שתימשך גם במהלך השבת. אלה החדשות.
J.M. in the A.M. There we go. That's uh, Yumi Lowy with Avinu. Before that, the uh, selection done by uh, Noam Cornwasser and Alicia Cohen. Noam Cornwasser and uh, Alicia Cohen with Vuhu Rachum to open up the hour here at J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, Parshas Kisavo, candle lighting in New York, 708. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Yeah, about 12 hours from now, candlelighting time. It's Labor Day weekend. We're here on Monday. We're actually here uh, Saturday night and Sunday as well, plus Friday, <laughs> with Mark Zomik and the Arab Shabbos Show, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That's coming up 10 a.m. Eastern time this morning right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. A uh, reminder that our friends at ShopEichlers.com have extended their big sale. Our friends at ShopEichlers.com have extended their big sale 10% off of everything site-wide through Sunday. Originally, it was supposed to go through uh, August the 31st. Now it's through September the 3rd. 10% off, extended till Sunday. Use promo code RADIO. Again, use promo code RADIO at ShopEichlers.com. Save 10% site-wide. Uh, check off large chunks of your shopping list in a couple of clicks. They make it really easy to do so. And again, use uh, promo code RADIO and go to shopeichlers.com. Shopeichlers.com. They got everything you need for Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Slichus, etc., etc., etc. Harry Rothenberg has a few words about Parshas Kisavo. We dedicate them for a Rufu Shlema for Ruchama Chana Etel Baschava. Ruchama Chana Etel Baschava. Harry Rothenberg on a Friday Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM. Throughout the Torah, there are two different names of God. We say them in casual conversation as a euphemism because we don't want to actually pronounce them. One is Elohim, representing God's attribute of justice. And the other one is Yudke Vavke, representing God's attribute of mercy. So when you get to the Tochacha in this week's Parsha, the admonition, the description of the horrifying things that are going to happen to us if we stray, if we don't observe God's commands, you know that if God's name is going to be mentioned there, of course it's going to be Elohim, the God of justice, meeting out punishments that we deserve, like it or not. And instead, shockingly, we see that God's referred to as Yudke Vavke, the God of mercy, not once or twice, over and over and over again. Yudke Vavke, the God of mercy, will do this and he'll do that. He's horrifying, brutal, terrible things. Why? is he referred to as the God of mercy rather than the God of judgment while he's giving out these terrible punishments? And the answer is that we're supposed to know and remember, he's hinting to us, that even when these bad things happen, it's him. It's the God of mercy. It's our Father in heaven who loves us. Sometimes he has to do this. He's got to set us straight for reasons that we don't understand. We will someday when we get up to heaven, but not now. I remember years ago, one of my older children had a bad fall had a terrible cut. It was obviously it was going to need many stitches. We went to the hospital, we met the plastic surgeon, and in order to stitch up his face, he had to put him in this device that held his arms and his legs rigid so they couldn't flail around. And he explained to me that someone had to also hold his head steady, and he could ask his assistant to do it, or I could do it, my choice, but if I chose to do it, it would be very difficult. I said, I'm doing it, I'm his father, I don't care how tough it is, I'm not leaving this room, I'm doing it. And I held his head in place. And the worst part was not 
watching my son's pain, fear, terror, that was awful. The worst part was him looking at me, two years old, unable to express what I felt he was thinking and wanted to ask, Dad, what is going on? You're my father. You're my protector. How can you let this stranger, this monster, come at me with needles and who knows what he's going to do to my face? And I tried my best to comfort him, to soothe him, to explain it to him. It's a doctor and he's stitching you up and you're going to feel better. It's not going to take that long. But still, I'll never forget what it was like having those eyes bore a hole through my head. Dad, why? How? What's going on? We have to remember there are times in our life that are just incredibly painful. They, they don't make sense. They seem nonsensical. They seem unfair. But if it happened, it was supposed to happen. God decreed it. He made it happen. And it is what's best for us. And He loves us. And He's merciful. Occasionally He has to stitch us up. He has to hold our head in place. And hold our arms in place and do things that are very painful. It may take time. It may take a long time to understand, to grow, to realize. But we will. He knows what he's doing.
JM in the AM with uh, Micha Gammerman, Mayadidus, the name of that one here on a Friday Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM. Before that, Shlomo Katz and Yismach Melech. Hour number two, Friday. Thanks for joining us. We're live from our uh, New Jersey studio this morning here at JM in the AM. Malcolm Holmline will join us, Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents and Major American Jewish Organizations, Rabbi Yudin, of course, in hour number three. With Parshas Kisavo, 708 is candlelighting in New York, 708. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Our friends at ShopEichlers.com have extended their site-wide sale. Use promo code RADIO between now and Sunday night to save 10% site-wide. Any, anything you might need for a Shoshanium, Kippur, Sukkot, Slichas, etc. at ShopEichlers.com. Go to ShopEichlers.com, 10% off with promo code RADIO site-wide, and that'll last until Sunday night to go shopping over the weekend and enjoy. It's uh, the start of Labor Day weekend here in the United States. Those of you around the world, thanks so much for tuning in. Those of you who want to comment on the app, go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. We welcome uh, anything you might have to tell us right here at JM in the AM. More coming up. It's Baruch Levine at JM in the AM.
היא בשלום, עטרת בעלה, גם ברינה ובצהולה. תוך אמוני עם סגולה, בואי כלה, בואי כלה. בואי בשלום, עטרת בעלה, גם ברינה ובצהולה. Thank <laughs> you. 
J.M. and the A.M. Yeah, we're getting into that time of year. Middle of Elul. Though these selections from uh, Natanel Hirschstick, the great cantor, are Shabbos selections, Zarachaya and Vishamru. Bowie before that done by Yoni Z. You heard Baruch Levine with Bowie Vishalom. And it is a Friday morning broadcast here 
at JM in the AM. Friday, Erev Shabbos on Labor Day weekend. Those of you around the world who are trying to get a hold of people in the United States, you may want to give it till Tuesday. <laughs> a lot of people are off. It is, after all, these, someone told me yesterday that their work gives them off from Thursday morning through, uh, through Tuesday morning. They report back to work Tuesday morning. This Labor Day weekend is getting longer and longer, I guess. Uh, anyway, it's the 1st of September, day 15 in the month of Elul. Two weeks from tonight, it's going to be the beginning of a brand new year in the Ashkenazi community. A week from tomorrow night, we'll begin Slichus. Our friends in the Sephardic community have already begun with that. Spoke with Simon this morning in Yerushalayim. He had an amazing Slichos session. Also, I want to wish a Mazel Tov, by the way, to the Rosa Zadas. Lori and Joe became grandparents for the very first time. Shlomo Yitzchak is the brand new grandson. They had the Brit yesterday in the uh, city of Jerusalem, and they're spending Shabbat in Yerushalayim. So a very, very big Mazel Tov to the extended Rosa Zada and Friedman families, West Orange, New Jersey, and for this Shabbat in Jerusalem from all of us here at JM in the AM. Pretty amazing as, as so many of our friends are joining the Grandparents Club. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. JMAM Friday with a reminder that our friends at ShopEichlers.com have extended their, uh, their big Labor Day weekend sale through Sunday night. Through Sunday night, save 10% site-wide on everything you need for Hashanah, Kippers, Sukkot, Slichas, etc. Go to ShopEichlers.com. Again, 10% off with promo code RADIO. 10% off with promo code radio. Go to shopeichlers.com. Make sure to shop away sometime between now and Sunday night. Our friends at jewishworldreview.com, they are an amazing resource. If you're looking for thousands of articles to print out before Shabbos to learn more and more about this amazing world of ours, uh, jewishworldreview.com has those thousands of articles. Check out the site before Shabbos. Print those articles and study what's happening in this incredible world of ours over Shabbat and the weekend, jewishworldview.com. Head there and enjoy. Malcolm Honline is vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Good to be back again. Appreciate that. So much to talk about. It's unbelievable. We'll start with this terrible disaster, and it seems like uh, these disasters are following one after another way too quickly, the lone soldier from Ukraine, IDF soldier, who was the victim of yesterday's attack at the Makabim checkpoint. You heard about Kevri Yosef and the ambush of the army vehicle that um, injured four IDF soldiers. And some are writing that terror now in Israel is out of control and that uh, episode after episode are occurring and it's harder and harder for Israeli intelligence and security to take care of things before they happen. Malcolm, this is a topic you and I have discussed many times. You rightfully have defended the intelligence and security forces. Do you think any differently today? Look, they're facing a very difficult and complex situation. And the internal developments in Israel impacted as well, and it emboldens both the enemies around Israel, but also within Israel. But we should understand that this is not just a domestic dispute or local guy. This is a, a result of activities of Hezbollah and of uh, Islamic Jihad and others, but particularly Hezbollah, which has expanded its efforts at the insistence of Iran. We see Iran trying to influence the Shiite populations and not only there, but also in the United States and elsewhere around the world. 
but particularly in the territories where we have seen the influx of weapons, the providing weapons to criminal gangs to enhance the uh, internecine warfare that has taken the bulk of lives of uh, of Arabs. When you hear the numbers, understand that the vast majority of them are not killed in terrorist uh, activities, but in k- killing each other. Yeah. And efforts being made by Israel to stop that as well, but the incitement, the uh, uh, that is ongoing, the external influences, and the weakness of the Palestinian Authority. That despite the money that they get, the aid that they get, that the police are not present, they're not taking preventative uh, measures by and large. Israel did, and you know, people ask me then, well, Janine was a failure. No, Janine was not a failure. Just think what it would be like had they not gone into Janina, destroyed six factories and uh, making weapons. And th- there's, you know, such a, a, a large industry of this where they're doing it in the basement or in some abandoned place. And to be able to keep track of all these places, to be able to go in and uh, as they're doing almost every night and carrying out raids to deal with the infrastructure because the PA isn't and the the. The world has to understand what Israel is facing. These no longer just police actions. This is they're taking the war inside Israel's uh, borders, and there's no more appropriate time than this parsha to recognize when we say la that you have to go out to war. That the Chumash is telling us, don't fight in your own territory. Once you're fighting a defensive war, if you're fighting within your boundaries and borders, you have to take the war outside. Go to your enemy's territory, fight on them. And and extract the price there to protect uh, your your citizens, and we are seeing now the need for Israel to have to go to the sources of this, and you, you, the northern border, which I'm sure we'll talk about, the, the southern border, uh, all over, but it's tied to the all the groups that Iran is backing. Um, for those who remember the intifadas, the official campaigns, I guess we'd call them, of violence against Israel, is, is, is this any different than those days? You know, when, when we're hearing about terror attacks, rammings, ambushes, stabbings, drive-by shootings on a, you know, on a regular basis, you know, on an average, I don't know, of every 12 to 24 hours, essentially, are we in an intifada stage right now? I wouldn't say that this is an intifada. I would say it's it is um, on the road if it's not stopped, and the failure of the PA to to do anything to use its forces. Uh, we're seeing now Saudi Arabia introducing uh, the resumption of aid as part of what may be preliminary to the a package that includes recognition of Israel or some form of of uh, recognition, but the the um, and the dominant forces that have been allowed, these cancers that have been allowed to spread throughout the, their territories and, and their villages and cities without any counter uh, voice and allowing criminal elements to, to begin to exercise control. You see the villas of the leadership and of the, these people and then the poverty of the people ne- next to it. And of course, that leads to additional resentment. We see it inside Gaza against Hamas. We see it in the, on the northern border against Hezbollah in Lebanon, public manifestations, which were almost un, unheard of, and uh, certainly against the PA, which enjoys a small minority of support uh, from amongst the people. But unfortunately, there's just no one, there's nobody around whom to rally in the counter voice. 
And then once in a while, they crack down on opposition, but at the same time, continue to support and make possible the continued terrorism against Israel. So the so the only way, not to be too cynical, but the only the only two methods of living comfortably, uh, or at least having financial security in that sector, is either being in the leadership and having the villas that you described, or killing Jews and then you know benefiting from the payments that are coming from Iran or wherever this slate of pay payments are coming from. Well, there are options about what could be done. If the if the West would stop monocoddling coddling the the Palestinian Authority, and uh, and as well as the countries uh, in the countries around them, where you see uh, Iran's infrastructure, whether it's the Houthis, whether it's the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, or the Hamas or Hezbollah, and Hamas in in the northern border or in Syria, where they continue to send weapons and and support. They, they, you know, that in the PA itself, they now have equipment where they're printing the weapons. Israel carried out raid this week, which they found the equipment and uh, printed uh, weapons that uh, that came. Hello? Yeah, you're on. Yeah. Oh, because I just got a call from you. Oh, that's pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> well, you're still live on the air, thank God. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe okay. someone in my house is calling you. Who knows? <laughs> a, 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 a dual figure. Um, so the the you know you can't isolate the incidents of of what's taking place uh, for, to one particular re, uh, locale or the uh, one particular source. Right. If you don't understand the complexity of the situation, which I think escapes many people in Washington, and you heard it in the comments of these congressional delegations that just visited Israel, where they came back and said, we've never understood how complex and how serious the situation is to see how much uh, Hezbollah, the infrastructure that they have, that they have built. And Iran continues to provide it. And that's why the $6 billion is such a threat, because it's only going to increase their aggressiveness yeah. to, to, to which will directly impact all of our allies, but particularly Israel. Uh, you make such a good point. They, they don't understand. They think the neighborhood there is the same as here until they go and visit and they see what Israel's facing on a daily basis. By the way, foreign policy-wise, bigger picture-wise, I, I think this is an important foundation for parts of this discussion today, cause I, and I need to understand it, and you'll tell me if my theory's right. So you have this BRICS uh, alliance, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, and now they've invited a number of countries, including Iran, uh, Saudi Arabia, UAE, Egypt, Argentina, Ethiopia to be part of it. Is the reason why there was no large concerted effort to have a group like this for all these decades because without Russia, it would have been impossible to actually form an effective group like this? In other words, it took Russia to really be you know, a pariah now to the rest of the world. I mean, no relationship with the West. Uh, certainly with the countries that are you know, pro-Ukraine, et cetera, and against the Russian aggression. Uh, now it gave Russia the opportunity to actually align with countries like this. Does it, is, that a, is that a good analysis, the, the way foreign policy uh, and the United States' relationship with, with Russia specifically has been over the last few decades? So there have been many efforts over the years to create these kinds of groupings, and you know, some say it's the South versus the North, the, the developed versus the underdeveloped, or the merging powers. Uh, one can't say that India and their participation is disturbing to us. Uh, 
and joining the the BRICS group, which is really an anti-American or anti-West uh, uh, association in many respects, but it's the power of China that is driving this to to a large extent, less so Russia, but the coalescence of China and Russia, which as you remember, we're fighting border wars, we're mm-hmm. enemies, we're, we're in conflict. They now are making common cause and with a third partner, Iran, doing joint exercises, doing other uh, activities. It, Iran also joined the Shanghai Cooperation Council at the urging of Russia, but with the support of Russia, but with the obviously the, the decision of China. Uh, so what we're seeing is a reordering of the international order, which is a very serious uh, uh, development, and especially at a time when we see the the Russians, Chinese, together with the Iranians and others, moving ahead in, let's say, Africa, in South America. China just opened a port in Peru this week, which is going to be, the, or, or developing it, uh, a, 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 mi- a square mile is being developed on the port there to be their gateway to, to Asia, uh, a further assertion of of their presence and the the influence that they will have. This is based in Peru, not in Venezuela, uh, but the the um, the expansion of their activities globally, their activities in Africa, which many of the Africans don't want, they resent it, but they they don't have a choice. And you know, you saw that China now controls 95 of the key ports in the world in all sorts of countries. In Greece, they try to do Haifa's, you know, in the United States rejected. But they build conditions, they give loans, and then start to collect the loans at high interest rates and build a dependency so they take over the ports. But that's part of their way of asserting their influence globally. And now they're building these coalitions. You know, you had the non-allied movement, which was, I think it's 77 countries now. You have other, uh, the group of, uh, you have the group of 77 plus the group that on the line plus others. So there have been attempts all along. Wasn't there, wasn't there a North Korea led effort a few years ago? I forgot what they called that. Wasn't there a small group of countries that they were, were part of? Um, I don't remember. Well, they're, part of, they're part of the non aligned movement and uh, supposedly non aligned. And uh, Iran was the president for for a long time uh, recently. And, you know, the countries often, for instance, the United Nations vote as a bloc and they will follow the lead. Some used to follow the lead of Europe, some of the non-aligned votes often as a bloc. But you have these different uh, associations where they try to assert their influence. And uh, sometimes it's against the West, sometimes against uh, uh, for other reasons. And I've talked to many African leaders uh, about it over the years. Um, And you see Latin American countries joining others. This is a very serious development. Do countries like just one point more? That is a lot of it is a response to the perception of of the receding American involvement and interest and that we have focused on, on China. But we're we're missing in too many other places. Right. So it's not really we may call it an anti-American group, but to them, like Egypt and India, for instance, I think those are two good examples. They're not really an anti-American group. They're an anti the way America has behaved recently group that they're they just become undependable. Uh, they haven't be, they're not dependable anymore. Let's put it that way. When it comes to you know having our back in that region of the world, would that be the right way of putting it from their perspective? I think it's the perception of America that when, when the UAE and Saudi Arabia 
Right. You were equals out of a naval coalition with us because we did not respond. They felt to the attacks on their ships in the in in the Gulf, uh, and you know the the twenty ships were seized by the Iranians. Now we have added uh, Marines to put on the ships, and we, we we put some more equipment into the region, but not enough. And the um, the Saudis, as you know, keep uh, doing things uh, independent of the United States. When they asked us, asked Saudi Arabia to help reduce the price of oil, they cut production by a million barrels a day. And the, and the I think that joining some of these groups, it's not because they have a vast economic interest in it, although they are looking to the future when they when energy oil will not be able to support them. And MBS has had the, this foresight, so did MBZ, the leaders of, of Saudi Arabia and UAE, for a long time, and others. And they are asserting their, their independence in a sense, but they're looking to their, to their future. And they know that it, it, a lot of it, by the way, is positive towards Israel because they want this great technology, they want this greatly involved, they want to, to be able to deal with it. I feel that Israel is the permanent. Um, uh, aircraft carrier, as they put it, in the region, it can't go away. But the United States can pull their aircraft carriers in and out, uh, but they can't. And then they look at the payments to, to Iran. They see that Iran gets it for doing nothing but continuing the enrichment, continuing to advance their nuclear program, their ballistic missile program, and yet they pay no price for it. U.S. Even, yeah. even though the sanctions, the sanctions are working, and U.S. continues to impose sanctions. The economy of, of Iran is in terrible shape. They lost the value. The value of their currency uh, lost half, is, is one half in the past two years, let alone all the preceding years. And their foreign reserves have increased because we've allowed the export of oil uh, unhampered and especially smuggling Russian oil out. Uh, so we, we don't have a consistency in policy. And the Europeans sit on the sidelines and are, 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 have always uh, and not acted in in their own self-interest, let alone the interests of the region. Well, I mean, U.S. foreign policy is just a total mess. I mean, if, if you if you'd spend a day in Washington, you, you you can meet with officials and give them an entire list of such silly mistakes that they're making, including what you just described. And also, can we call economic sanctions effective when, yeah, they may be destroying and help destroy you know, a a nation's economy. But when the leaders of that country don't care, right, they don't care what their citizens are going through and they've got plenty of money there at the top. Is that considered a, an effective foreign policy decision that these economics or or better yet, is that considered a successful use of economic sanctions? Well, it is a successful use because it does have an impact. It does dissuade people. It does uh, put them on notice that it's dated to the to the oligarchs in Russia. It, it, it does have an impact when you can't travel, when you get your your assets uh, seized. Uh, those things d- do matter, uh, and I think you know we have to uh, realize it. But but so for instance, when six billion dollars comes into Iran, as they are getting from supposedly from the deal that uh, that is being made. Uh, and you know, there's another 10 billion being held by the IMF, another 7 billion or so in Iraq. And you know, we say that we're able to monitor it, and it'll go for humanitarian purposes. That's all crap. And not only that, but it's all fungible. It's all money that you know you have one pocket and the other. But the but the fact is, that 40% of the economy is controlled by the supreme leader. 
and the IRGC. So the people are not going to benefit from any of this. The drought is continuing it up the country, unemployment raging. And now they're arresting people ahead of the anniversary of the hanging of uh, Amini in September. That uh, And they are putting thousands of people who have been put in jail from the demonstrations. They continue to crack down. They reasserted the more the hijab rule. Now they arrested yesterday one of the most popular singers because she said you shouldn't wear the hijab in protest uh, against, the, against the government's crackdown. And the world doesn't do anything. Where, where are all the condemnations? Where's the, the reaction? And hopefully people will mark their first anniversary. And Raid is coming to the United Nations, the president of Iran, to speak on, the, I think, the 19th or the 20th of uh, September. Uh, at the United Nations uh, Council, General so at the General Assembly uh, meeting. So, you know, we have to do more. We have to sanction their tankers. We have to be more proactive in the Gulf. We have to show them that the price that will be paid. The truth is that Russia today is not in a position to do much. They can create problems. They can continue to send the remnants of the Wagner group out. They continue to undermine. But the the fact is that if the if the West would act in a concerted effort, and I think if the Europeans in particular would would get some backbone and would stand up for their own interests, because these are neighbors and all of these cancers are coming to them, uh, as well as affect America and all of our allies in the region. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web and AlchemSiegel.com on the AlchemSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Holmline is vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents, major American Jewish organization. Sounds like you believe that uh, Prigozhin was murdered by Putin, or at least he uh, arranged for this aircraft accident. Well, arrange is a strong word. But- <laughs> <laughs> Well, the way you just said it, that that the, if I heard you correctly, you said you know you could you could take out as many members of the Wagner group as you want, <laughs> but was that the way you put it? I did not put it that way. Oh, you but didn't put it that way, okay. but, but you could. But you could. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel bad that you know I, I'm I'm laughing when 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 this you know tragedy occurred, but the uh, the, the way the world reacted, automatically giving Putin credit is, I don't know. I found that to be un- credit, but but. Credit, I think, is also a positive term for a negative act. Right. But but it doesn't take much to put a bomb on a plane and send it off. I mean, when you control everything right. and easily can do it, and the loss of life is not of concern. I mean, what other lives may have been lost, we don't know. But one of some of the people on the plane were his associates as well. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, but but the but Russia, you saw the game that went on. The, the revolt, the non revolt, the. They allowed him to get close to Moscow. They took him out. They, you know, they were supposed to be under arrest. He was supposed to Belarus to be to be in confinement there uh, or restricted there. It's all it's all a sham. So you don't know really what the the truth is about the, what the relationships are and were, and how much um, and, and, you know, and what role each party is playing. Yeah, I hear that. Um, so there was a Republican debate. Some of what I'm about to say was said during the debate. Um, others, uh, other things that I'm going to say regarding this, uh, uh, came from reports and interviews that were done. This Vivek Ramaswamy obviously is getting a lot of attention and he has declared, uh, three things. Number one, um, it, it sounds like he's against the future funding 
and aid for Israel, although he sort of walked that back a little bit, but you'll tell me what you think of that. Also, he's openly declared, at least in interview forum, he has inter- openly declared that, that a USA under his leadership will never take military action against Iran, even if Iran would attack Israel, God forbid. And he also said that he admires the border policy of the state of Israel, which I thought was a funny um, um, addition to the whole conversation regarding what's going on now with the migrant crisis here in the United States. What do you think of Ramaswamy's attitude toward Israel? So uh, I have not met him, though uh, I'm supposed to. Uh, I think it's it's a sign of a novice, somebody who's inexperienced in, the, in handling some of these situations, and often people will say things, and other candidates have also, in other regards, but, you know, it could well be, I, I can envisage, and I don't know this from any factual basis, that he read some of the articles about cutting aid to Israel, which came out of Israel, and, you know, you, you were, had lead stories in, in different publications that he picked one up and it said, you know, cut aid to Israel, um, let Israel stand on its own, whatever, and this is a guy who has visited Israel many times. He didn't just say he admires their border treatment. He admires their attitude towards, uh, towards uh, crime. And, and he listed a bunch of things and talked about his various visits uh, to Israel and his admiration for it. He did walk back that comment. First, he denied making it to, I forgot who, maybe Hannity or somebody, but but uh, uh, he, he denied it and then certainly never again reiterated it and and said that it was a mistake that it was the media that distorted what he originally said the people i know who know him say that he is in fact uh, has a sympathy and, and relationship with israel and with israelis that he did business and other things there uh, but you yeah know, I, you, I, I assume it, the, i assume that this I assume in the space in which he became a billionaire it's almost impossible not to do business with people in israel well, it's not, not impossible. There are a lot of people doing it in China, Russia, and elsewhere, becoming billionaires without doing business in Israel. But but in the areas that he was involved, you're, you're, there's truth to that. But I think, you know, the the uh, we often see candidates saying things and then later on saying, I never said anything. Would I say a thing like that? No, I would never say it. And in fact, they do because they're, they're under their pressure situations. And so we have to look, what is his record? look back and, and see what else he has said. Is there a consistent pattern of this kind? Uh, and uh, what, but the problem is that it poisons the atmosphere. And then a, the group like the squad or others will pick it up and say, hey, you got a presidential Republican presidential candidate saying cut the aid to Israel and we'll play off of it. And it, it feeds into the internet and, and social media uh, hysteria against Israel, the lies, the distortions, misrepresentations. Yeah, I thought the, are- I thought the no military action was actually worse. I thought that was, you know, as, as that opinion of Ramaswamy becomes more and more public, I, I think it just still, as you would say, I think you've told us in the past, why play that hand? Why even reveal that to the enemy that, that you're eliminating any possibility of military action against Iran? And and it's not for Israel that we need right. to take. We need to do it for the United States right. and to see. To see ballistic missiles and these hypersonic missiles that they're releasing. And by the way, you know that the ban on their uh, missile program, the ballistic missile program, ends on October 19th, I think, this this year. 
and and you know other sunset clauses will come into effect in the years ahead. In the meantime, they've already violated all of those by the amount of enriched uranium that they have, enough for a couple of bombs, and the the uh, increased the, the new centrifuges they put in the secret facilities, their alliance with Russia, putting up a, a drone factory in Russia. Now they had their their military people were there to talk about ground cooperation uh, with Russia and an expanding relationship. A train left this week from Russia through Iran to Saudi Arabia. The, uh, I mean, there are just so many things and each one in and of itself may not seem to be so dramatic, but when you take the total picture together, you see the, the, the danger to, to us and to our interests and to the diminishing influence that we have. Uh, you mentioned earlier on the, the borders of Israel, both north and south, as Israel gets closer and closer to this uh, total laser protection, and you can, I don't know, you can tell us the realistic timetable for that. Uh, is that going to change things drastically on both borders? I mean, the enemy essentially with, uh, I mean, the way it sounds at least, with missiles, shells, rockets, etc., are not going to be able to penetrate the border of Israel uh, once they're fully uh, laser protected. Well, first of all, the enemy has more and more sophisticated equipment. We know that they got the uh, upgrade packages from from Iran in, in uh, into Lebanon, um, and you have 150,000 rockets in the hands of Hezbollah, probably, and tens of thousands in the hands of of uh, of Hamas, uh, which is why Israel has to periodically take them out. And you know, they still continue to try to build the tunnels. They still have they have the technology to. Uh, uh, a lot of stuff. So they they are becoming they have more sophisticated uh, abilities, and you you have to look at where the source is. And and again, it brings us back to Iran's role and and the uh, the danger posed. What was your question originally? Well, I wanted to know if you thought once they get to this full laser protection, if it's going to change oh, things so drastically laser, on the borders. Right, right. laser protection uh, because it it's all. You know, to look at things in isolation is hard. The, the laser right. story is exaggerated. We are nowhere near a laser weapon. It will take years, I think, till there's a real laser that could take out missiles. There's a lot of difficulty. You know, people don't know when you launch a missile, the, the laser, it gets distorted because of all the interference in the air, particles and stuff that are not visible to the eye, but are there. And uh, I have looked into this issue. There, there are ideas and... and uh, research going on but it, it, it's moving ahead but we'll still take at least the that we have an operating weapon the reason why it's so important is because using iron dome is so expensive that each was fifty thousand or a hundred thousand as you know the marines just bought three iron dome batteries and a huge stockpile of uh, of missiles uh, for them uh to protect their american troops the uh, the Iron Dome still remains uh, really critical, and and David's uh, sling and and the arrow, the combination of the three, gives Israel protection. But they're very expensive uh, launches, and they the the enemy shoots rockets that cost them almost nothing. They can make them out of street signs, uh, the poles from street signs. Uh, but again, as I said, they're becoming more and more sophisticated, larger with guidance systems. So the laser system is still a way off. When it's operational, it'll make a big difference that you could take out multiple launches. Uh, but supposedly Israel has the ability to take out a hypersonic or is close to, to having it ready. 
and the the you know they will meet the challenge, but it takes time, it takes technology, and that's why also the drag of energy from in every sector, particularly in high tech and others, by the events in Israel today are so costly. And yeah. and and again, you cannot separate the domestic and the international. Could be another reason why the enemy continues to uh, continues to plan attacks against Israel. Because he says it. Read the speeches of Nasrallah. He he talks about it very clearly. He quotes Israeli newspapers. I mean, it's quite remarkable when you read what he says and how he follows it. Uh, and the, the Iranian newspapers, which I try to keep an eye on, and, and others, they're all taking strength from this and saying, you see, it's the collapse of Israel. That's what we told you would happen. Just um, And they, they think they can help expedite it. And, and it's another reason why they get encouraged to do cross-border stuff, but also within Israel, the uh, some of the terrorism uh, that that continues, though they don't need an excuse. Yeah, but they also know with every quote-unquote successful attack, Israel's going to have to spend more money and ramp up whatever security they can, uh, uh, you know, they can implement. That's that's I mean that's obviously what happens every time there's any type of attack. You know, Israel has to think what they could do to to shore things up and all that costs money, which I'm sure does not um, matter to the enemy. If anything, they're happy about it. Speaking of exaggeration, by the way, uh, the Israelis were on that flight that made the emergency landing in Saudi Arabia. I mean, there are people around the world who are like, oh, this is no, this is not a coincidence. And this is, a, the, you know, the, they, they tried to read some significance into it. Was it anything more than a simple emergency landing that got, had the cooperation of Saudi Arabia? People's imaginations are very good, but it's not, there's no reality. It was uh, every country does. You can't lay a plane, I mean, you could, but to let a plane cr- uh, crash. I think it was an opportunity for the prime minister to say something nice to the Saudis. Right. Uh, and they should. I mean, they thanked them for yeah. letting them come in and they were treated uh, nicely when they got there. Uh, and there are other positive messages. I mean, we shouldn't think this is all negative. We see countries in South America, Papua New, New Guinea, which is not in South America, but uh, uh, Uruguay and others saying that they're going to move their embassies back or uh, open embassies in Jerusalem. Uh, and I think you're going to see some African countries uh, that are talking about it. Uh, there are uh, there are other positive moves that we shouldn't uh, um, dismiss because it is all important and we can't just look at the negatives, but we are looking at a world where we're seeing a realignment, where we're seeing that are taking place and um, and that's why the policy towards Iran is so important. The messages that we send from here are so important and the, you know, we're so distracted by the, um, rightfully by the migration problem and that is sapping a lot of the attention and energy uh, of people. Are we going to have a USA ambassador to Israel? Uh, we have an ambassador there, an acting ambassador, who's capable of handling it. Uh, whether we will have an appointment, it will take at least five months, six months, till they do all the due diligence and get a vote in Congress. Wow. I'm not sure that the Congress is going to be so quick to approve some of the people whose names have been floated <laughs> uh, but you need the republicans you know to to get them through and um uh, so and then you know the person could serve maybe for a year and then right. if the change in government they're out so it's it's uh it, it does seem that that there there is a candidate that everybody believes is very viable or likely i should say um 
I'm not sure how he would do in a vote in, in the Senate, but he has been approved before when he was, served in a previous administration, Treasury and other positions. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Very interesting. When does BB speak at the United Nations? He is likely to speak, I think, on the... Uh, It'll be in the 19th. So he, he's either, the I think, the 20th or 21st. And he's likely to go to Washington uh, towards the end of that week. So he will stay here and then go home in time to be home for Yom Kippur. Interesting. So Shabbat Shuva, he's in the United States. Maybe. And, right, maybe. And are there still uh, protests for judicial reform happening in Israel? Have those, have those toned down at all? Not at all. And they're going to be bigger because, you know, they're going to go for the third and last element of it, which is judicial appointment. And um, we'll have to see uh, what happens. Look, it's it's such a controversial and complex issue. We see the demonstrations are sustained. We see there, there is manipulation, but there is also a genuine outcry. And it's not just related to this. I think this became the, the pretext for frustrations to be and for those who don't did not like the outcome of a democratic election to to protest and to 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 demonstrate the fact that demonstrate with flags and shows that they you know they're not demonstrating against the country but we see even the reports that funding is flowing out or businesses are flowing out we don't see it actually as as severe as it sounds on the thing the the economic report for the first quarters of this year were were very positive and you saw Fitch came out with a positive uh, report. Uh, I hope people will be much more careful what they say and what they do because this, you know, and when people refuse to serve, that that crosses a lot of red lines. When the government doesn't, has to take into account the views of the people, and it's the way you do things, not just what you do. And the constant diet, you know, we saw it with Libya, how loose lips and ships that they, when the foreign minister, even if there had been an agreement, as he says now, that they would uh, say that they met, and this the foreign minister of Libya is known for having done some provocative actions in other regards, that, that she got suspended before, and now she's in exile, she's been fired. It certainly is going to put a damper on others having meetings, and, and part of the problem is that, and leaders there will always say that the Israeli system leaks like a seed. You know, the media doesn't have any control or self-control that uh, public officials, because they're all competing to be the next prime minister or something, uh, will say things both in government and the opposition. It's it's a universal thing, and it's been true of, of governments in the past. I can't tell you how many American officials complained to us or said that they can't share things because they're afraid. And, wow. and Israelis, even Israeli officials, uh, the same. So there has to be much more self-discipline and discipline. And I hope that that uh, the prime minister says that he's ready to work it out with the opposition. The opposition says, you know, should they negotiate now? First, they say it's not serious and that they their numbers keep going up in the polls. Uh, I think their relief is that they can eventually bring this government down. There are ruptures, uh, as there have been in every government. But I think uh, that he can sustain a, a majority. Uh, they're taking other actions, uh, as you know, so it's not that this is the only issue they're dealing with, but obviously the most visible and the one that internally has caused the most problems. They avoided a, a serious strike by teachers this week with a rather modest uh, increase in pay for them. But they have uh, many other problems that, that Israel has to be able to face 
And for that, we need a level of unity. It doesn't mean homogeneity. It doesn't mean everybody has to march in lockstep. It means you have to be sensitive to what is said and how you say it and what you do. How you do it is often as important as what you do. Yeah. Halavai, I hope uh, everyone wakes up and uh, and your your wishes come true and there's a lot more respect coming from both sides, please, God. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Have a wonderful Shabbos, and we'll speak again next week. God willing, be well. Malcolm Holmline is vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us Fridays, weekly updates, 7.40 a.m. Eastern time here at JM in the a.m. Well, we didn't do our Elul Sofer blowing in the 7 o'clock hour this morning, so we'll do our Elul Sofer blowing now before we get to Rabbi Yudin here at JM in the a.m. Reminder, our friends at ShopEichlers.com, they've got their big sale going on until Sunday night. Between now and Sunday night, save on everything site-wide, 10% when you use promo code radio. Go to ShopEichlers.com. Again, ShopEichlers.com. Between now and Sunday night, anything you order, just use promo code radio, 10% off site why? This time each and every Friday, every era of Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Uden. Good morning, Nachum. Good day of Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Pashas Kisavo. Pashas Kisavo, according to the Chinuch, contains six mitzvos three positive mitzvahs and three restrictions. And I just want to note that the last of the mitzvahs in Pashas Kisavo is 6.11, and that is which means that we are to walk in the ways of Hashem. The Talmud in Sota asks, how is that possible? He is, after all, Eish Ochla, literally consuming fire. But what does it mean? It means that as he, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is Rachum, Chanun, merciful, kind, so are we to be. But you should know that this goes way beyond that. There's a beautiful essay in Rav Shechter's Sefer, Nefesh HaRav, whereby he quotes Rav Salavechik, who points out that there's a medrash at the very beginning of the Torah, at the conclusion of the first paragraph, where the Torah says, Vayi Erev, Vayi Voker, and it was evening. And what's the and? So the medrash says, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was Borei Olamos Umachrivan. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created worlds and destroyed them. This world that we are living in is not the first world that Hashem created. So wait a minute. That it took Thomas Edison many, many hundreds of tries until he got the light bulb to work, that's understandable. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he gets it right on the first time. 
So why does he have to create worlds and destroy them? Rav Salvechi gave a beautiful answer, namely, to teach us that HaKadosh Baruch Hu built into the world the ability not just to create, but the ability to recreate. Rachman al-Itzlan, if somebody loses a close relative, Rachman al-Itzlan, somebody loses a business that they've been involved with all their life, and they say, oh my goodness, it's all over. I cannot continue. Wrong. HaKadosh Baruch Hu built into nature that just as he, V'olachto Bidrachav, just as HaKadosh Baruch Hu creates, he recreates, and just as man creates, and we saw this with our own eyes after the Shoah, how many had the incredible ability to recreate. And I really believe that what we have, Baruch Hashem, Medinas Yisrael, so much was built on this concept of recreating the ability of that Bolachto Bidrachov. Let's understand two weeks from tonight is Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, I really believe that the Parsha speaks not only for the immediate lesson on the surface, but there's a deeper lesson for us as well, as I will try to show. Bikurim, which is the mitzvah regarding the first fruits of the Jewish farmer in the land of Israel, constitutes two out of the 613 mitzvahs. Number one, we are taught in Mishpatim, in chapter 23, Pasuk 19, Reshis Bikurei Admascha Tovi, Beis Hashem Elokecha. There is a mitzvah to bring the choices first fruit of your land to the house of Hashem, to the Beis HaMikdash. Just bringing the first fruits, instead of taking them and putting them on your dining room table with your family and children and neighbors, and you're so excited about your produce, your fruits, you come and you say, thank you, Hashem, at the Beis HaMikdash. But the thank you part comes in this week's parasha. The bringing is found in Mishpatim. So in this week's parasha, what are we told? You bring, after you brought the basket of Bikurim, there is a recitation, and you recite a summary of Jewish history, beginning with Arami Oveiravi, how Yaakov's father-in-law, Lavan, tried to destroy Judaism, Yaakov, what he stood for, his integrity, his way of life, HaKadosh Baruch Hu provided him with the miracle of survival. And then we go on to say further the summary of Jewish history of what happened in Egypt, namely that Vayoreu Osonu HaMitzrim, 
Mitzrayimo. What does that mean? That the Egyptians mistreated us from the word Ra. They were bad to us. Vayanunu. They afflicted us. They imposed heavy work upon us. And we go on to say, we cried out and Hashem took us out of Egypt and and he brought us to this place. Firstly, we are familiar with these verses because they constitute the essence of the Magid section on the night of the Pesach Seder. We explain each and every phrase of these psukim. But I want everyone to note that the way the Jew connects to his historical past is literally by putting himself in that situation. Namely, behold door, as we say in the Pesach Seder, Chayavodim Lirosas Atzmo, you want to look upon yourself that as if you left Egypt. It doesn't say that that the Egyptians were bad to them. No. They were bad to us. He puts himself as if he himself were persecuted in Egypt. Hashem took us out. It doesn't say Vayotzi Aim. He could have been born 300 years after the Jewish people came out of Egypt into Eretz Israel. But he includes himself, Vayotzi Einu. Hashem took us. He's living that experience each and every year of leaving Egypt. And Vayavienu, even though he never saw Yoshua bin Nun because it was 300 years earlier in his life, no. He includes as if I just came to the land of Israel. There's a hischatshus, there's an excitement here. But most important, he is including himself within the cloud. Now, note the very first Rashi of Pashas Kisavo. The Torah says, when you come into the land, virishta, and you will possess it, and v'yoshavtoba. Yerishta is you're going to conquer, and you're going to settle. And Rashi quotes the Gemara in Kedushin that we were not obligated to the mitzvah of Bikurim until we conquered and each tribe had their particular possession. Not until 14 years after we entered the land did this mitzvah go into effect. What's the essence of what Rashi is teaching us? Take a step back, everybody, and realize that is man, the Makadesh. The mitzvah came into effect when we were settled in the land. We, the Jewish people, brought Kedusha to the land. The Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, as Rambam explains in chapter 6 of Beis Habchira, the Rambam writes, the Kedusha of Yoshua and the Jewish people, Joshua, when we came into the land, was through the Kibush, 
through the conquering of the land. And when unfortunately the land was taken away by the Babylonians, 70 years later when Ezra and the Jewish people came back, it was the Chazaka, they're living in the land, our possessing the land, the Jew brings Kedusha. And this is what I am trying to say is a very important lesson for us two weeks before Rosh Hashanah, namely that you are to be part of the Klal, part of the Jewish people. Why? Because the Torah promises us that the Jewish people will always be. At the end of next week's parsha of Vayelech, the Torah has the beautiful promise regarding Torah, Kilo Sishachach Mipi Zaro. Chapter 31, next week, Pasuk 21, the Torah promises us the Torah will never be forgotten by the Jewish people. Pinch yourselves, everybody. We are living that. We see it. But we, each and every one of us, has to be a part of the community. Of course, if I daven at home, Hashem hears our prayers. No question. But it's so much better to daven with a minion. And one should try three times a day morning before you go to work, mincha, to find a time at work that there's a minion around you. Myriv, different times at nighttime. Be a cloud person. Attach yourself to the cloud. Why? Because you are attaching yourself to eternity. The more you are, the more your family is, a part of Klal Yisrael, of the Jewish nation. Therefore, each and every one has talents that they were given. Talents, be it a person who is, quote, proficient in numbers, wonderful. The accountant, let him take his skill and bring it to the local, the local yeshiva help out with their books as a treasurer and along those lines. This is what Pashas Kisavo in the first mitzvah of the recitation of Bikurim is calling to each and every one of us. I just want to close with a passage that we add at the end of the Shemona Esrei only on Yom Kippur. But let's start thinking about it now. We say at the end of our Shemona Esra, Elokai, we make an admission to God, Ad Sarti Until I was born, I was not worthy. What does that mean? Unlike so many people who think, oh, if only I would live in a earlier time, in the time of the Vilna Gaon, in the time, no, 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 no. You were not, you were born when you were supposed to be born. You were born at a time when only you can make your unique contribution. 
because nobody else has your fingerprints. Nobody else has your EKG. You are unique, but you have to take your unique talents and as Hillel said, yes, if I am not for myself to develop my talents, then Miani, who am I? But if I am alone and I don't contribute these talents to the seabor, to the cloud, then Ma'ani, what am I? And therefore, this beautiful charge. Most of us are not farmers. All of us will hear the Kriya Satola. All of us have to realize that the beautiful Nusach that was said then, that we will say again when we have the third Besam Migdash, is all in putting yourself in the historical past and thereby putting yourself today in our historical present and Amir Tashem, our very precious historical future. Shabbat Shalom to all.
J.M. in the A.M. with Raya Mehemna and Lachado D. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, candlelighting time in New York at 7.08. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Again, 7.08 in New York for candlelighting time. Labor Day weekend, Monday, we're here. I believe Avrami's going to start the show Monday. I'll join in at some point in the 7 o'clock hour, and I thank him in advance. Uh, Monday's a legal holiday in the United States. If you're trying to get a hold of people on this side of the world, hey, you may want to wait till Tuesday. <laughs> Although these days it seems that everyone's always accessible. At least if they want to be. JM in the AM, Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Uh, tomorrow night, it's Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami. 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Hello, everybody. Eliezer's Wickler, of course, with him as well. Sunday morning, Matis and JM Sunday, beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time here on NSN. Monday, I told you about. And later today, Mark Zamek hosts the Erev Shabbos show starting at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Final hour at about 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. And, of course, our Arab Shabbos music mix all day long. Brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. By request, Baruch Levine, JM in the AM.
by request with words from this week's Parshads, Baruch Levine and Hashkifa at JMNAM. Happy birthday to Devorah Leitner. Also uh, got a message on the app to please Davin for Aaron Svi Mayor Benmanya Rifka recovering from surgery. Aaron Svi Mayor Benmanya Rifka. And yeah, Fridays, show for blowing should be at 7.30. I agree. <laughs> Moshe yes with a Shabbos Nigun at JM in the AM. Would run in the night. I'd be singing Shabbos. Shabbos, Shabbos, Shabbos. Shabbos, 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 Shabbos. Shabbos, 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 Hayyim Lashem. Shabbos, Hayyim Lashem. You can see the light. There on Shabbos night You'll be singing Shabbos Shabbos, Shabbos, Shabbos Shabbos, 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 Shabbos Shabbos, 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 Shabbos Shabbos Hayyim Lashem We are so different from them Moshe Yes off of the Shabbos on My Mind album. He calls that a Shabbos Nigun. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Time to say good Shabbos with our friends at Journeys here at JM in the AM. Plenty coming up today, including at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. It's the Erev Shabbos show. Brand new. Hosted by Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That's happening at 10 a.m. Eastern Time right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. The sun is going down. 
shining through the trees. Another week's gone by, become a memory. So throw away your hammer. There's nothing left to do. My brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world of web and alchemsegal.com on the Alchemsegal Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Friday and a great week here at JM and the AM. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. More coming up at 10 a.m. It's Mark Zomik in the era of Shabbos Show. Brought to you by all the wonderful people at Kedem. Um, 
Arab Shabbos music mix all day long, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Final hour coming up at 6 p.m. Eastern time, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, Siegel at 9 p.m. with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer's Wickler. Uh, Sunday morning, it's Matis and JM Sunday at 7 o'clock. Monday, Labor Day, Avrami's going to start things off, and then I'll be in during the 7 o'clock hour to take over. And I thank Avrami in advance. Make sure to be tuned in next week. Hey, it's a real back-to-school, back-to-work week once Labor Day is behind us. Uh, and the brand new year is coming up two weeks from tonight, as hard as that is to believe. Have a fabulous Shabbos, wonderful weekend. Till uh, next time, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.